Welcome to Tea Time with Talent Acquisition, the podcast aimed at fostering knowledge and sharing stories within the vibrant talent acquisition community. There's no surefire way to accomplish anything in life, but with each conversation, we aim to delve into diverse topics and present fresh perspectives to empower you, our fellow colleague, on your journey to success. I'm your host, Eden, and for the next hour or so, I'll be joined by a professional with almost 10 years of recruitment experience, having worked with notable companies such as Google, Autoscout24, and presently with the team at Billy. This individual has overseen the recruitment of both permanent and interim staff, as well as leading teams across almost every continent worldwide. So when you're ready, grab your favorite tea or coffee if you prefer, and join me in welcoming today's guest, Alex Yanyakov. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Aidan. Much appreciated. Nice. Well, Alex, look, I want to start off this conversation with the same way as I do with everybody. A very nice, simple question for you is why do you do what you do? Oh, uh, I guess I guess some some should say it because uh, it pays my bills. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, more on a serious uh, on a serious side, um, I'll 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 I have to sort of you know circle back about 12, 13 years ago now, and uh, um, I uh, I initially started uh, before I went into the TA. I started in sales, and I did all sorts of sales from door to door um uh all the way to the uh, key account management and I, I you know i was i was really into it and, and and was liking it um and then at some point um i had a great opportunity to come in as uh um as the very first sales manager into the um uh tech organization uh i was a, a fairly smaller startup uh and uh, as we know in startups, a lot of the times uh, you start to do different things. So Every job. I ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up doing pretty much everything apart from coding. I was a project manager. I was uh, attending conferences. I was writing text. And uh, yeah, at some point my CEO came over to me. He's like, look, we, uh, we need to grow. Uh, we, we've, got, we've got some projects on the way. Uh, Great job on that, but uh, you know we need to fill in uh, the positions. We need to, you know, we need to hire people. And uh, me having no background or experience, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> um, and um, that's how it started. Um, I started uh, immediately was in the tech and engineering, so that's uh, uh, I think that was a was a fortunate for me to you know to start learning into the excitement world of uh, uh, of the developing uh, uh, development and languages and, and and you know what's not, um, and I fell in love with it. Um, that was uh, that's really you know simple as that. I fell in love talking to people and finding the right skills and opportunities for, for candidates as well as for the organizations. Um, it's, let's be honest, recruiting is the same sales, different focus, um, especially if we talk about agency or if we talk about in-house uh, in tech, it's, you know, it is very much a sales. Why do I have to join another startup? It's, you know, thousands of those around the world. Um, so that was, uh, you know, keeping me busy and keeping me excited. Um, and it's still there. I still, I'm, I'm still very passionate about, um, uh, you know, TA space and, and people space in general. Um, 
one of my aims to make it better. Uh, we've seen uh, a number of waves when everyone thought that, hey, this is this is the next thing. I'll go into recruitment. Recruitment is easy. I'm just <laughs> going to go in and make you know millions of bucks there. Um, some sticked and uh, majority majority didn't. So uh, this is also to you know my uh, my goal to to educate people about what we do um, and you know to take out that stigma that everyone can do sales, everyone can do talent acquisition. What's what's other ones? I mean, I think that that's the two really areas where like for whatever reason everyone who's uh distant from 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 our uh from our areas think that it's such an easy gig to do um so yeah that's uh that that's why i'm still doing it i i'm i'm still very passionate and i'm I'm really loving what i'm doing i mean i think part of the reason why people probably have that perception and no fault of you or me in the same category <laughs> we kind of always fall into it right and I think because a lot of people use that as I fell into it, everyone's like, well, you know, if you fell into it, I could do it. And I could, I mean, it is one of those roles. You don't go to university and sit there and go, I'm dying to be a recruiter because typically you don't know what the recruitment role is or the talent acquisition role is until <laughs> someone gives you the opportunity and chance. But I love the fact that that's, that's a goal for you. And it's clearly mm. something that you're passionate about. So the big question is, obviously, I know we're a few years from COVID, but we're still feeling the effects. So how was, I guess, COVID for you and kind of in that role of talent acquisition? Because at the time, and correct me if I'm wrong, you was with the team at Autoscout, right? Uh, I was uh, in transition. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, first of all, it's a great question. And I think we still don't truly understand all the impacts that's, that we had personally, professionally, economically, uh, uh, and what we experienced through through COVID. So uh, I was when the COVID started. I still was in Singapore. I was there at Google, and um, that was a that was a tough times because I mean it hit us earlier. We didn't know what's happening. Um, a lot of companies and and the governments panicked. I mean we we had really strict rules in Singapore. At some point, we were not allowed to go out, like even to the grocery stores and in pairs. Yeah. You had to go like one person per household, regardless of how many people live uh, in that household. Um, I was uh, lucky enough uh, renting out a place in, uh, uh, in the city center and we had the rooftop. So I was actually able to, you know, to go up to the rooftop to, to get some, some fresh air. And then after a couple of months, they closed it out because apparently, you know, COVID can catch you on the rooftop. I mean, uh, that was that was the you know that was the panic there and 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 it was very very tough. Um, COVID hit US later, um, so it was more sort of February March. So uh, we still were hiring, and then once it hit US, it was it was a lot of uh, back and forth. It was a lot of uncertainty. And Google being an you know a, an American company, then you know a lot of decisions came a little bit later. We had our um, uh, we had our hiring freeze and and that was that was the first experience with with COVID and at that time um, I already had an offer and uh, made the decision to move over to to Germany. I mean, partially for COVID reasons as well because it it, it was just very um, very very tough 
psychologically when mm. you you know you go outside it's plus 36 it's 95 percent humidity you have to wear ffp2 mask you being tracked like anything you do um so it was it was a, it was it was difficult um so um uh i moved over to germany back in april end of april beginning of may 2020 i believe um and that's when i joined ida scout um also in in bavaria was the toughest uh, covid rolls out of all of the germany so i didn't see my team for the first three months oh, wow. which was very interesting um and it was also tough because you know you're trying to onboard you do everything over zoom for a lot of people and i mean was ida scouts you know uh it was a it was a bigger corporation at some point than a card died because of the acquisition of of, of specifically ida scouts so for some people they never worked remotely before they never mm. worked from home i mean the policy back in and from from what i gathered from from my colleagues and then friends that in Germany, it wasn't you know a big thing. It was like maybe one day a month or one day a week you could you could work remotely or from the you know from home. So it wasn't really. Uh, I don't think business were prepared for that. So uh, me having experience building hundred percent remote teams, it was a little bit easier compared to my colleagues. And then uh, it was uh, yeah, it was it was pretty tough because uh, you know you have this uncertainty. Then you have a, a you know a random guy coming from Singapore, sitting somewhere in Munich, trying to build and hire and you know change processes. Um, so I guess it was you know was was pretty challenging for for my colleagues and stakeholders as well. And for me, uh, brand new country. I mean, I don't. I at that time I didn't speak German. I I can't say speaking now. Like it's it's getting <laughs> better, but still it's a tough language to learn. Uh, you know, trying to settle in, understanding all the ins and outs, going through the bureaucracy, going through the bureaucracy through COVID, when, you know, you had to do something online and, you know, Germany, it's not the most digitalized country. I mean, compared to Singapore, where everything is done over, you know, one email, it was, yes, it was, uh, uh, it was very, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was very tough times. Um uh, and then we had a great summer of 2020 when um, things uh, things got uh, a lot lighter, a lot a lot easier. Uh, I think it was first, second, third COVID wave that that uh, that came afterwards or fourth. Um, so we had a great two months of summer, and everyone like, whoa, that is super awesome! Like finally, we're meeting people. We're you know we can go to the office, we can have parties. And that's when we went after the school started in September 2020. Everyone came back from holidays and the numbers of cases went through the roof. And that's when we went into the eight months uh, lockdown with the curfew yeah. and, you know, all the great things we all experienced. Um, so that was that was the sort of those, you know, uh, the, yeah, 12, 12, 14 months of settling into a new role new country new organization that's going through and you know went through the acquisition and separation from the parent company um you know i couldn't a i lot, could not have on. asked for better yes <laughs> i think the you hit the nail on the head you know we don't really know the effects still mentally and and, yeah. and professionally it's still happening but one of those effects that we touched upon before we recorded obviously is the fact that tan acquisition 
saw two incredible spikes of demand and has experienced one and has experienced in the second at the moment as well of two incredibly low situations of, of layoffs. And I guess from your perspective, you were quite fortunate, right? You saw Google, one of the most desirable companies that people want to work <laughs> for. And you was obviously part of that. And as you say, then moved and saw a completely different company at the same point. So you kind of had two elements to kind of draw on. But what mistakes have you kind of seen from the talent acquisition community in how we've responded firstly to COVID, because again, that's where we saw the first drop. And then second to how we're seeing the second drop of, of layoffs. Um, I think one of the, one of the things um, that I would point out is, is a panic. Um, I think in the talent acquisition, uh, a lot of, a lot of us panicked and, um, I mean, if we if we look into specifically COVID 2020, unfortunately, many of our colleagues uh, were terminated. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not going to hire. We don't know what's happening. You know, we're doomed and gloomed and all that. Um, and the same with agencies. I mean, I've I've seen some some agencies. I mean, smaller and and bigger just folding because the you know they didn't know what's going to happen. They didn't want to you know just to pay people for nothing. And I mean. It's 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 business, so so you know I understand. And then end of 2020, beginning of 2021, um, you know how much money being spent on mm. uh, trying to find recruiters, trying to find um, agencies, trying to find uh, consultants to help with that tremendous growth that then turned out to be um, after the first year of COVID. Um, so panic and and really not. Uh, I think waiting all the options, that was one thing. Um, the second thing, we've seen a steady growth over, you know, last 10, uh, uh, 10 12 years uh, when it comes to hiring, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the stock prices, when it comes to like after the dot-com crisis, it was, you know, it was just going all the way up. So um, that was the first one of the first crises for a lot of companies, a lot of C-level, a lot of founders, a lot of, um, you know, venture capitalists. Mm. So they were like, oh, wow, pulling out, pulling out, get, get, get my money back. I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there with, a, you know, um, with nothing in the end. So uh, that's, uh, that, that, that's what, that's what happened. And then really, for us as, as a TA, uh, a TA professionals and stakeholders, I think we didn't push back enough uh, and, and really not giving the perspective of what potentially it might mean to lose the entire TA team or, you know, lose 90 or, or 80% of TA team. Because once you, um, once you get rid of uh, people, even if they've been with your organization for the year, you lose that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if you're bringing the agency, you're bringing the, I mean, not agency maybe in this case, because, you know, if you bring someone who's a specialist, you, you, you get the knowledge. But if, especially if you try to bring in an in-house people or freelancers, you don't have the knowledge, you don't understand uh, the stakeholders, you don't understand those little the cross-functional connections. Yes. Yeah. And it takes time to build. Yeah. 
And that's what uh, I personally lost a lot of time when uh, we went into, okay, we're not going to hire for, for the team. We're not going to expand the TA team. Uh, we're going to do what we can with the resources we have. And then spending millions on, on freelancers, contractors, agencies next year because we needed to rebuild the product team almost from scratch. We needed to expand. We needed to, you know, essentially double up the, the company size because we saw potential and it was, uh, it was needed. Um, and then it took some time. And I mean, in the end, I, I, I got not, not in a bad way, but I got stuck with an agency that were delivering. And then by the end of the, uh, my tenure at Ioskai, they didn't need much of a guidance. They knew what we needed. They knew how to deliver. They knew what they're getting in return for mm. investing. And that's, you know, that's a similar thing when you have that in-house talents who, you know, who did it already for you. So this is the, you know, this is the two main things. We, we did panic and we didn't, as, as, a, as a TA in general, we didn't push back. A lot of people, unfortunately, were uh, terminated and laid off. However, it turned out to be good because whoever found a job in 2021, if, uh, you know, if you negotiate it well, Got a pay rise. <laughs> some people, some people got, got yeah, got, got good pay rises. So uh, that was uh, that was great. But I don't think we will ever see anything near uh, the war. I mean, the words it's a bad word. And uh, the you know the demand for TA talent as we've seen in 2021. Um, and it's I, I believe it's one-off spike, and hopefully we learn from it. I mean, by the by the looks of it, what's happening currently was the, you know, was a recession. Um, I don't see that that many people in TA being laid off. I mean, it still happens. Um, and unfortunately, I had to let some some of my people go. But it's a lesser number. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, uh, it's much more thought out process compared to what's happening during the COVID time. Yeah, I think I think you're you're absolutely right. You know, and as an external mm-hmm. seeing it from my perspective. There's a there's a lot more built internal teams today working on longer term strategies with C level brought into that to understand okay we need this function whereas absolutely mm-hmm. you know COVID it was very much we have no idea how long this is going to be it's like something no one's ever experienced you know people have experienced yeah. recessions but that particular situation it was the blind leading the blind let's say that um, it's quite an interesting point you're saying the TA teams didn't push back. And obviously someone listening to this will probably be sitting there thinking, well, how can I push back? You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a talent acquisition or I'm a resourcer in a team. I'm one of 20, I'm one of 10, whatever. I don't run the team. How can I <laughs> sit there and actually go, no, my job is worth more than just being let go. It's a very bold thing to, to do. So how can someone actually go and out go and actually have these conversations with their line manager with their with their team mm-hmm. to try and at least secure themselves within the company i mean it's a number of things we can we can do and i mean i'm i'm i'm, I'm talking not as a you know as a manager but also like if i would be a recruiter i mean i had to do i had to do hands on a lot of hands on stuff during you know during the, the covid um First of all, it's it's understanding what value you're actually bringing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the very first thing you need to you know to to get straight for yourself. Like, if I'm a sorcerer, what 
do I bring? And I mean, if you, uh, and I hope uh, people do have access to numbers and to ATS systems and to the, you know, the, the hiring and if it's any other analytical tools out there, you can check, for example, what is your work equals to the organization? I mean, mm. we all know that, you know, great people, they don't look for job. I mean, job normally finds those great people. I mean, that's why we have agencies. That's why we have people like yourself who build that network of people and trust for those, you know, 15, 20 year old uh, professionals than, you know, being comfortable moving into our organizations. Um, and, um, you know, that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that you can bring to the table as a sorcerer, as a recruiter, like, hey, this is, this is what I do. And then it's, it's always a breakdown for me that is important. I mean, if you're, we're, we're not here talking that, you know, you as a sorcerer, a blind recruiter will go and talk to the C-level. I don't think it will happen unless it's a smaller startup. And then, yes, that's a, that's a possibility. But if we talk about mid to large to enterprise, you will go and talk to your manager. You will talk to the you know uh, one person above. So um, you need to break it down into what you bring and how this can affect the uh, the organization. Let's let let's take a simple thing. It's a recruiter who works on the tech who uh, you know has been into the organization for a year and a half, two years. You know ins and outs, that's the first thing. You build the relationship, that's the second thing. You have the trust for the organization, so they actually trust your opinion. For you know, and you are established as a POC, so uh, mm -hmm. the processes are out there for you. Five, you're looking into numbers and you're looking into your pass-through rate. You're looking into the quality and you're looking into calibration. So let's say if you compare yourself to other sources, recruiters, or um, uh, uh, let's say market standards. Say, okay, so I'm bringing, I'm calibrated, and I'm, you know, I'm pushing through three percent of candidates, but hundred percent of those candidates makes it to the uh, pre-final or final stage. That's the value that I'm bringing. If you're going to bring a new person, or if you're going to bring in an agency or a sourcer, or, or uh, not sourcer, or freelancer. Mm -hmm. You know that that that's gonna jump. So the time versus time to hire versus the number of interviews versus the time to hire and start will be just blown out. So this is the simple things that you can look at. And I mean, I recommend anyone doing this, not just to say to or to to make a case not to be fired, but for your performance and in general for your then job searches or job interviews that you're gonna do at some point in your life that. Hey, this is my numbers. This is what yeah. I'm bringing. We as recruiters, look, I mean, we can be the nicest people, but if I don't make a hire, I'm not a good recruiter. And the end of the day for us, I mean, it's the same. That's what I'm saying and making the, you know, the, the comparison with sales. If I don't make a sale, I'm not that good of a salesperson. Then if I'm not making a hire, I'm not that good of a, you know, a, a recruiter. Obviously, you know, you, everyone listening will throw something into me. I totally get it's not always purely on us, but we need to dig into all those blockers and then, uh, uh, you know, turn all the stones to understand what is not happening, why we're not making hires. And it's also our job to take that responsibility and ownership. And that's, you know, all those things. And I mean, I can go on and on, but th those things that you can bring to the table 
explaining why you should or any organization should keep a TA. I mean, if I look, I get it. Sometimes in, in some of the companies that you probably work as well, like it's it's 60, 70 people in, in, in highest TA. Fair. Then, you know, you can make a, you know, uh, you can make a, a conversation around, hey, we need to cut costs. I'm not going to fire 60 people, but I'm going to let go 40 people and 20 people can then divide the, 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 the workload. But then still you need to understand who to let go and who not. And then a lot of the times it goes down to the numbers, it goes down to the cost per hire. I mean, uh, in any organization I go to, I mean, maybe apart from Google, but in any organization I go to, I make myself a spreadsheet how much my one hire costs. You put in everything, you put all the tools, the LinkedIn licenses, you know, any additional cost. Your recruiter cost per month, your number of hires, etc. So you actually have me as a manager. If anyone asks me, I can open that list and say, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is why I can't let anyone go. This is why if we will reduce the TA team, we're not going to perform. If we're not going to perform, you know, a tech transformation, a sales transformation, a legal transformation is not going to happen, meaning we're going to lose you know, an X amount of uh, uh, sizes of euros potentially if we're not going to hire, I don't know, a security engineer mm. or if we're not going to deliver on the compliance manager because then we're going to go through the audit and auditors will come back to you with a, you know, hundreds of thousands of euro fine versus, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 grand uh, salary of a recruiter, a full-time recruiter who then can bring, you know, that value, that person, that candidate to the table especially now when pretty much everyone out of the hyper-growth fashion and more into very specific sort of puzzle adding hiring, yeah. you need that. You need to, you know, in order to deliver those extra puzzles that are missing, you need to have the people who actually can do it. Um, and that's what we, you know, that's what we've seen in the market. A lot of, especially bigger companies, unfortunately, uh, let go uh, a large number of people who maybe weren't as good, but because we were going through that hyper growth phase, we were just hoovering every single talent out there on the market. Was that maybe putting too much of a scrutiny on it? Um, and yeah, then it's you know Facebook alone they what let go fifty, sixty thousand people. That's a little, that's a I mean, that's a fourth fourth biggest town in Scotland. Let's, you know, let's just look into it that way. Like, it's, you know, if you put it in perspective, wow. Mm. I think what you're touching upon there is kind of at least saying to someone that it doesn't, you still might get let go, right? We're going through some rough patches. It still might happen. Uh, Of course. But it's about putting yourself in a position where you're doing everything in your power, especially if you believe in the company and the mission to not allow that to happen. But on the flip side, it's also a good exercise to have anyway. You know, you understand where 100%. you are. I mean, from the external side and obviously being there for yourself as well, you understand in the sense of numbers, they're not everything. But for us, numbers tell the activity. You know, you can say you've sent X amount of messages, you've done X amount of outreach, but great. That's one indicator, but it's all the other indicators that mm-hmm. come after that. You know, it's a long, long journey to get to a higher what's the steps along the way and how do you analyze and where do things go wrong yeah i would be surprised to how many internal teams not the manager because i think managers probably do this quite well but i would i would be surprised how many internal recruiters 
sole recruiters are responsible for that and aware of their own numbers, time to hire, as you say. Um, that's a really good point as well, as you said, when they're actually interviewing themselves and going to prospective companies and, again, showing that value. And it kind of segues into, into the next point, right, about <laughs> the future of talent acquisition. Because I think that we've seen a, a big shift from simply sending CVs, being the resourcer, and we're now seeing a bit more of a mature talent acquisition function starting to develop. And I, I do use the phrase starting. I went to a, um, a recruitment um, festival. I know. How exciting. <laughs> no, I went to a recruitment festival not, not too long ago. So, you know, 2023, okay. sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly internals. And the things that they're okay. bringing forward are things that as an external, we've been doing for five, six, seven plus years. Not to say that we're amazing. You know, there's differences across both. But there's mm-hmm. things in there that I would, I would have expected an internal team to be doing already. So, for example, like responding to rejected candidates. I mean, it's, it's baffling that that was a groundbreaking thing to be considering. And not from small companies. We're talking some of the largest, I'm not going to name the company by any means, but some of the largest mm-hmm. dating applications were sitting there saying, this is now what we're doing. It's great. Or building talent pools. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these are things that should yeah. really be there. So it's now kind of segueing into the future of talent acquisition. So in your mind, how do you feel our role and I do use the word our because we're all in the same ecosystem, right? But how do you think it's going to change long term? Uh, I hope to the best. <laughs> and I, um, look, I mean, I, 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 can, I can echo some of the, um, some of the surprises you, you just shared. Um, uh, you know, not not necessarily, not necessarily. You know, building a pool. Uh, I think I think we we passed that. But like rejections is a is a is a very interesting thing to me, um, and having to you know to tell or share with people that hey, you just pick up the phone, you give a candidate a call, explaining the reasons. And giving them the understanding that you know they invested time into you or into your organization, and we want to return the favor by giving them the proper feedback that they can learn and understand why they are not a fit to current situation, mm. current current organization. And yes, for a lot of uh, for a lot of TA teams, it's 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 mind blowing, which is super interesting. Uh, which to me is a very natural thing. I mean, if I interview or someone asked me to interview for their role, I do expect them to get back to me because, hey, we all love to learn about ourselves. We all love to talk about ourselves. So, you know, mm. you, you're not building and you're not doing yourself any good there. It takes literally two minutes. You're not going to go into the argument with a candidate. I mean, some, some of the candidates will try to argue with you, hey, I'm the best, why you're not hiring me? Sure. But that's your practice for, you know, for negotiations and practice for, uh, uh, you know, for wrapping up the conversation a little bit quicker. Um, but a lot, I, mean, I would, I'm not going to say 100%, but probably 99% of people would really, really appreciate and mm-hmm. will remember you as a, you know, as a great person, as a great recruiter, as a great agent, as a great company. resourcer. Branding as well. Uh, as a great company. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so going back to your question, I mean, in terms of the, in terms of the future, um, 
I think uh, a it's going to be from from where I see. I think it's going to be a slightly smaller, but more lean uh, TA teams, especially in house, mm-hmm. with a very pragmatic approach to agencies and resourcers and the uh, uh, freelancers. Um, it's it's not going to be like a core uh, core sort of need or core core business need to you know uh, when you. When you're when you're a startup and you you need to you know you need to hire more people you only going to the agency or you only going into the in house yeah I hope uh, now we're at the stage where hey the in house is a is a must it's something that will take you long term but then also you you know you I you shouldn't be expecting that one size fits all or one person or one TA team can do it all. And that's where you go for the expert and you get that expert opinion to an expert help from uh, from the externals. Um, so that's one thing I hope it's, you know, it's going to change. We will stop stigmatizing agencies. I know a lot of companies, a lot of TA teams, a lot of businesses, especially the ones unfortunately had a bad time with, uh, you know, with externals. Like, I never, ever yeah. going to go there. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the evil of the evil. Um, uh you know uh, it's it's not true uh, it, it you know agencies external service providers bring a lot of quality bring a lot of goods to to the table you need to know how to properly use it that's you know it's the same with chat gpt if you're giving it a bad <laughs> prompt i mean it's going to give you a bad a bad reply yeah, in that, the end. i mean i might have to start um, calling myself the uh <laughs> the recruitment's problem solver to chat gpt <laughs> Sure. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is definitely um, I want to see it. I mean, I've been talking about it for a long time. I want to see the talent acquisitions team transitioning and transforming from being a service provider mm-hmm. inside or in, uh, not inside internally into more of a business partner. We do bring the value of as a business partner. Um, and it's not just a large organization. I mean, even if you're a small organization that hires 10, 15 people a year, new roles, you still can go through the motion of workforce planning to really properly plan things, to really map it out. Um, it's not, you know, you don't need a, a fancy software for it if it's a smaller number, but you don't and you shouldn't be afraid of stepping out there in the stakeholder management as a TA leader recruiter if you're on your own for example and say hey we need to go through this motion i need to understand the business i need to understand how i can deliver the value to you i don't want just to transact cvs i don't want just to transact interviews so this is this is a big transformation i really would love to see in the future and that's hopefully where we're all heading um and the the third thing is uh that i would love to see is actually Talent, uh, talent acquisition space in general to understand that money is not all and let's <laughs> stop throwing money into people. Look, I would love, like, if anyone tells me, hey, Alex, here's your five, 500 grand, whatever, today, go and join us. Yeah, sure, I'll consider. I mean, you know, we're all working to, you know, to, to gain some, but it's not always about the money. We're all at different stages in our careers. But throwing just throwing someone else's money into people is not going to solve the problem of overhiring, 
or um, under hiring or you know improving your offer acceptance rate it's not always about that and really digging into all your processes your interviewers your stakeholders and the candidates that you bring in so in in in, in different words or rephrase it really looking at what we're doing mm. that is that is one of the one of the fundamentals that we need to look into Given the layoffs we had in COVID and given the layoffs we're currently seeing and experiencing, we really need to challenge and we really need to think on what we're doing as a TA and, and why we're doing it. Um, I don't know how many people asking this. Uh, uh, I, I definitely ask myself and I do try to challenge uh, not just my team and giving them that floor to, you know, to explore their concerns and to ask you know, uncomfortable question, but also then to challenge the stakeholders because, you know, if you're, a, let's say, mid-level management and you've been given a budget and you say, yeah, okay, I'll benefit from a manager or I'll benefit from a senior individual contributor. Why? Yeah. What What are you trying to fix? And I'm not talking about next six months. I'm talking about maybe two, three, five years down the line. What kind of person then you need? I mean, yes, yeah, surely some, some companies not looking at you know, a long term, but even a year or 18 months, let's let's really sit down with, or, 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 you know, if you're not a recruiter or not within the talent acquisition space and listening to me, sit down with your recruiter and, and, you know, really break it down. Why do you need that person? If it's a four people team and you need a manager, do you really need a five, five people team with a manager in it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you will benefit more from you know, a technical or domain knowledge lead that you can promote from within. A, you're saving some budget and you're giving that person a, you know, a monetary promotion, a non-monetary promotion, but also the trajectory to grow. Maybe you have someone in your team who would really love that and have all the skills or maybe have the right attitude to learn those skills. It's about having that conversation, um, right? I mean, that's the business part of aspect is... Being the sorcerer, yeah. it's you're just sending the CVs, as you say, but it's being that business partner, it's having a conversation yeah. and saying, How is this impacting you and the business? And is it really needed? If we go back four years ago, mm-hmm. if we started doing this back then, <laughs> we'll be in a completely different situation, I'd imagine, with not necessarily <laughs> all the layoffs, but we would have saved a lot because we wouldn't have hired nowhere near as many. Mm-hmm. With that function, you know, that's that's a completely different approach. You know, it's going to that's going to take a long time for people's minds necessarily to really switch because they've been, especially if they've yeah. been in recruitment for what a TA function for you know, five, mm-hmm. 10 years. We've done it this way. We've done it this way. And they would love probably to make that switch. So from your experience, two elements, right? How can somebody who is a TA right now get their company to buy into that switch? And then second, mm-hmm. what steps can they do to start that switch? Um, so in terms of how, um, and, and, and how to, how to buy in your, your stakeholders and and the business, um, is to like, to, to think what your stakeholders need. So not thinking about your perspective or, or, or thinking from, from that sort of bottom top level, but think of if you're a business owner, what do you need to know? In order to make a decision, that's a first step. Put yourself in those shoes. If you have someone in the network who can advise you or who's 
higher up or who's been a manager or C-level or VP level, whatever, reach out to them. A lot of people will say, yeah, sure, I can spare you 10, 15, 20 minutes. You're not trying to sell anything. You're trying to learn. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a possibility that you have someone who will be able to, you know, to share some, some things with you. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is to put it together and remember that uh, the higher you are climbing that ladder, the lesser details you want, but more of a high level and more of a strategy you're looking at. You, you need to make a decision not based on every single number, but on the trend or on the, you know, on the, on the proposal, which is, uh, you know, more of a, uh, more of that uh, 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 bigger picture type of uh, type of thing. Um, so that's the second thing. And then third is, you know, back it up. We see the layoffs. The layoffs based on, and your hypothesis is that it's based a lot on the overhiring. The reason why the overhired happened is we we had a really cheap money. Then with the overhiring, now we're facing a lot of costs to people like especially the you know if we talk about europe to fire someone in germany it costs you a lot of money mm. you can't just do this and say hey you're out of the door you can't it costs you money some people will go to court that's extra fees it's 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 it, it's really bad so okay why are we why are we letting some people go? Is it because of businesses or is it because we as as we just discussed, we hoovered every single person from the market and hired them and hoped that they will perform? Uh, which then might lead into a very interesting conversation. What is the quality of hiring? If we're a transacting kind of talent acquisition team, we're gonna bring you people, we're gonna hire them because they tick all the boxes, we're gonna push all the buttons. Like TA will be will be hundred percent successful. But if we look at it from the perspective of being a partner, I would challenge every single person that I'm actually myself going to put to the um, hiring committee, to the debriefs, and say, "Hey, I hear you out. You all you're all saying that we should hire that person. I have a couple of questions. One of the questions is why we shouldn't be hiring this person." And that's a very different mindset yeah. and, and a very different uh, approach. And that's what you're not trying to sell. That's what you're trying to explain um, and give the understanding to the business. Because how many C-levels are or how many VPs are involved in hiring? If they are, majority of them, it's either the super senior people or super senior roles. Or they're doing, I don't know, cultural fit interviews. And especially in the smaller organizations. They're hands off the recruiting. They're not as involved. They might not have all the information and data and trends. And, you know, uh, I think we, we discussed it with you uh, uh, the, 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 other, uh, the other week. Like, hey, it looks like it's a lot of talent available. Why we're not hiring? Yeah. Why do we have to go through hundreds of hundreds of applications before making a hire? And that's something you need to give to your um uh, uh, to your stakeholders and, and, and explain to them why this transition is crucial to the business, but also to the quality and to the um, uh, 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 to the then um, sustainability of the business. And then how, look, it's numbers, numbers, numbers. So data, you're bringing data in, 
again, what we discussed, know your numbers, know your percentages, know your costs. Uh, and again, as a, uh, as, a, as a recruiter, you should know your costs, at least how much you cost to the organization. And then you might not know all the costs of your interviewers and peers, et cetera, but at least your costs. And then you can ask your manager, look, how much we're spending on the um, uh, on all the tools? I just want to understand what my work costs and what my higher cost to the organization. Then you're looking into, obviously, as I said, like, hey, uh, what about the, the planning? What about the needs of the business? How can I go then and do the interviews with my stakeholders? Mm. How many of us are actually going in and asking, hey, how is your projects are going? What are your current challenges? Yeah. What are your bottlenecks? If we're going to hire you five engineers, is that magically like going to make things disappear? I they guarantee more challenges exactly i mean yeah and then like when you when you look into some of the teams who are hiring for example more than three uh people are you actually able to digest them if i will deliver all five to you today is your team capable to digesting and putting and onboarding and then putting up those people into success that's a very interesting start of a conversation so then in terms of how, again, as I said, it's the numbers and then having those conversations because you will discover a lot of hidden things that then again, you can write down. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, uh, uh, undermine all of your colleagues, but like, hey, this is my conversations. This is what I've heard. This is the uh, this is what I can fix if we're going to do ABCD yeah. or my hypothesis again. I suggest we switch this and that. We're going to add this or that, etc. But then again, giving that high level, and then if you need to, you have all the details to break it down to the stakeholders um, in order then to convince them that this is the right way of doing. Totally understand if uh, it's going to take you longer, especially if you're a smaller TA team or smaller people team. But at least we need to start doing something now mm. because if we're going to continue going the same route, at some point, we're going to see the same terminations. We're going to save. We're going to see the same cheap money, hyper growth terminations afterwards. Is COVID the last uh, pandemic we've had? Absolutely not. We're going to have something else. I mean, is it the the recession is the last one? No, I don't think so. I mean, hopefully, the war that's going currently will be the last one. Which, let's be honest, also I I I don't think. I mean. How many wars every day is happening? I mean, we're not paying attention to. So mm. it like some rubbish gonna happen. And if we're, you know, if we're going into the same direction over and over and over again, we're gonna get the same results in the end. It's the same with recruiting. If you're doing the same thing, if you're asking the same questions, you're gonna get the same outcome at the end. You're gonna hire the same people, the same people gonna leave, or you will have to terminate them. And it's that vicious cycle that you just, you know, need to get out. And need to start by questioning yourself first, and then going to uh, to the org. Yeah, and I think that that kind of separation, you know, between resource or service, as you said, to business partner. I think that that separation I can see is coming from some companies. So I'll I'll, I'll shed some light on them. Moya, uh, which is mm. um, a Hamburg-based business, they're doing it exceptionally. You know, they've they've really transitioned their entire talent acquisition team mm -hmm. i mean we we partner with them but it's very specific roles what you're saying you know they are aware that not everyone in their team can deliver on everything 
and then they bring on agencies when it's the right very specific search for them and that's how it should be done it's, exactly an agency shouldn't be there to deliver all your positions an internal recruiter mm -hmm. shouldn't be there to deliver all your positions it's, it's there's a balance between the two but there's a relationship on the business where both parties now understand when we pick up a role with them or when we discuss a role with them it's very much what's the impact why are we hiring this person not just hey Peritas, we need to find this person like great okay cool i can go do that but why are we doing it come on let's understand but they understand they get that as well so mm -hmm. that i think we're going to start seeing a difference for sure because i'm seeing it in other companies already where those sorts of people mm -hmm. those TA, ta teams start boiling to the top a little bit they're the ones people want to work for their companies are actually doing very well in terms of retention of their employees because mm -hmm. the funnels are short uh, sorry are smaller but the people who get through the funnel are guaranteed probably to take that role or at least feel part of that company quicker and do better work quicker yeah. because there's more effort being put into it really appreciate you taking the time alex i think the points you've shared is really refreshing to hear because there's certain things in there that you know as again external i'm looking thinking we do these sorts of things as well and it's it's nice to hear there's a lot of similarities between our roles um but thank you so much for joining um and uh, yeah sharing your wisdom Absolutely, it's been a pleasure. Look, I hope uh, it would uh, it would be useful for for some out there. Um, happy to uh, happy to share more if anyone wants to reach out. Uh, um, I'm I'm not going to guarantee I'm going to reply the same second, but <laughs> I'm, I'm very open to um, to share and and go into conversations and and go into uh, yeah sharing my experience. As I said, I I want to make our space better and. Uh, uh, better performing and and uh, with you know with less stigma in it. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was pleasure talking and uh, yeah, hope to uh, uh, to do uh, to do it again. Thank you so much.